It's the Tillcast, episode 531, Too Busy and Too Old. And this week, guys, we talk Tactics Ogre, High on Life, Marvel's Midnight Suns, and Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. Stay tuned. It is the last episode of season 13. Season 14 starts in three weeks. Tune in. We're old and tired. Oh, and we're back. Looked like you struggled there for a second. I was trying to open it slowly, and then I started to bend. <laughs> yeah, don't go slow. Yeah, it's a tillcast. We're back. It is seven fifty-two p.m. on December eighteenth, the last show of twenty twenty-two. Yep. To get started, it's an M-rated show. Man, it's hard to believe it's the end of the year. It is. And uh, just doing our last introduction, I'm Nas. I'm Jason. There's no Rusty. And with the two of us, you'll get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some gave him some news. Um, yeah, we're uh, Rusty's sick this week, so I'll be releasing our other episode probably tomorrow at some point. And then we'll release this one the week of Christmas. So you guys will have this. I'm going to release it. I want to release it right when people are traveling. So maybe I want to release it on like Thursday or Friday. I feel like that's when nice. people are going to be driving about. Um, but yeah, it is. This year is flown by fast. It's really freaking hard. We always say this every year, but it's really hard to believe it's the week of Christmas essentially next week. So like in a week, it's Christmas. That doesn't even. Yeah, I didn't even wild, compute, man. And there's it doesn't. And there's so much I still have to play and finish, and I'm just not even there yet. Our game of the year will be composed of things that were actually played through to completion or mostly completion, but for one reason or another, maybe we fell off or could not complete, which automatically knocks it down a peg. I think, but um. We do have things and stuff to talk about. It's been a interesting week. We got started pretty late tonight. I uh, did a gag gift thing with my mom and dad um, today, and then a very long time friend of mine came over um, out of the blue um, to hang out for just a little bit, and he was dropping something off, and that turned into a three-hour thing because I haven't talked to him since before I started doing this show. Um. Damn, that's a long time. Yeah. So I haven't seen him in person to person since 2008. Uh, we've kept in touch via Facebook, and he lives in the same city I do. Like, he's literally like four or five miles away. I just, we didn't realize we were that close. So uh, we kind of reconnected, me, him, and his wife this afternoon, which is why nice. we're starting so late. But uh, yeah, shout out to Chris. I haven't seen you in a while, buddy. Um, Probably biggest uh, proponent of Game Pass out there. He was, was uh, talked a lot about podcast shit. Honestly, we talked, could have made what our conversation into shit we talk about on this show, to be honest with you. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll have him on at some point. Be cool. I'd be uh, down. But other than that, I've been working my ass off this week. Nothing really that crazy or of note. Jason, have you been up to anything outside of the world of games that's been notable? Of note? No, it's crazy Christmas shit. 
Right. I feel like, like it's that. Like I don't know how else to say it, you know. Yesterday was the first day or the first weekend that I didn't go out and do something or was sick or had family obligations since pre-Thanksgiving. Um, so yesterday I got to sit my ass down and do jack shit, which was pretty nice, to be honest with you. Um, nice. So in the interest of this show, nothing new or notable happened other than I got through a lot more game, which is important to this show because we talk a lot of game. Um, that we do. So um, talking about that a little bit. Um, I beat a lot of games, to be honest with you. Um, I say beat a lot. I got through uh, and finished to the, aside from the endless dungeons, everything that there is for Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together. Nice. Um, some key things I'll talk about with playing an older game that's still an older game in some of the mechanics. There's some things that are not immediately obvious, and I can probably talk about this in a separate playthrough. But you need to go through the Warren report, which is something that kind of catalogs what's happened, um, and go through the talk feature on there to unlock different nodes on the map. And there's some things that I missed until it was a little bit too late by waiting too long to go into that, and I forgot all about that mechanic. But because it's an older game, there are some things that are kind of like obscure. Um, so I ended up unlocking some stuff a little too far into the game. I never got to Neb, which was one of the key unlock characters that you can get. There's also a character earlier on that I kind of screwed up. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, but overall, like Tactics Ogre is a turn-based game that is the grandfather of stuff like Final Fantasy Tactics. It came out before Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, and it is the same style of game. There are some notable changes, though, like the pixel graphics kind of have this smooth texture to it to work with an LED or an LCD or an OLED panel, so it's not pixel perfect. Um, that might be a gripe for a few people. Um, I don't, I think you used to be able to multi-class with this before, and that's not the case with the new version. Um, but you don't have random battles, which to some people might be a negative point. For me, it wasn't. I knew what I was going into or when I was going to be in a battle at any given time. It level scales the enemies to your level. Basically, you have like a four-level gap. And when you get within that gap, that's all the stuff that you can fight. And you'll stop leveling and you'll earn something called experience terms, which you can use to level up certain people. So at that point, you know you've ground your characters a little bit too far, and it's time for you to move and progress uh, through the story instead of playing some of the endless dungeons. There are in some endless dungeons, and I got two of the endless dungeons left, but they're like 40 deep. So with every match taking 30 minutes to an hour, I could spend another 20 to 30 hours playing the endless dungeons, which I didn't do. I played through part of it, but I've beat the game for all intents and purposes besides the endless dungeons. Um, and at this point, for a tactics game on today's rating, even at four, four and a quarter. I think it's a must play. I think there are a few games that do some of that stuff better. It's a must play. I think there are a few games that do some of that stuff better. I don't know what you're typing up. Sorry about that. Just, yeah. Notes. <laughs> yeah. Notes. <laughs> 
<laughs> about different stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean that no, not Call of Duty. Um that doesn't really surprise me. I mean Tactics Ogre Tactics Ogre, to be honest, didn't really need a whole lot of mechanic changes. Like, if you're going to re-release it, just re-release it for what it was. Yeah, I don't know either. That is, it's, I think some of the stuff streamlined it. And I think the lack of random battles is a good thing. Um, I think the level gating is a good thing because it keeps you from just grinding into oblivion. Um... I think the art works fine. I think the pixel perfect design would not work on a modern cons or a modern display um, without scan lines or something like that to make it look closer to that. And I think you look at anything else square releases like that'll probably happen still. But anywho, um, I think it's a really solid game. I'm glad I beat it. Um, it's going to end up somewhere in the Game of the Year discussion because it's a great turn-based game. It is just, I say those caveats because it may not be for quite everyone. Right. Yeah. But I mean, as far as re-releases go, that can't be the worst one that happened this year. So, No, I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to try to beat Triangle Strategy before the end of the year. I need to, I'm going to pick my key games first. Um, God of War. I'm gonna try to beat that. I feel like J uh, Rusty is probably already close to beating Ragnarok, so I'm gonna try to beat that before because I feel like I need to play that at, through to completion before the end of the year. But beyond that, um, Triangle Strategy might be up there and something that I want to uh, get done with. But I wanted to talk a little bit about what you've been up to. What are you? What have you been playing? Uh, so I kind of not really having any other end of the year game other than um um uh, what was that that came out on game pass last week high on um, life high on life yeah other than having that to play which i've not started yet but i do plan on getting a good bit of it over the next two weeks um be honest i dicked around with the Witcher having RTX, Witcher 3, and uh, Portal RTX, which, yeah, it's been enough years since I played Portal that going back and uh, going back there and playing that, especially with the new uh, textures they gave it with NVIDIA Reflex, is pretty cool. What did you, so you did play some of the uh, Portal RTX? And Witcher, yeah. What you? How did Portal run on your on your twenty seventy? Twenty eighty, and it works just as well as on your thirty eighty. Good. Did you make any progress on it? Uh yeah, I made it through like the first uh, uh, dozen rooms. I got you. I was trying to get through that checkpoint, and then. I'm having an issue with it right now on the RTX version where, so on some games, I'll see this happen, right? I'll throw on Windows HDR, and then the screen will start flashing because the game doesn't actually support HDR uh, because it's, you know, it's rendering the image differently than it would natively. So I turned off HDR and then tried to go back into the game to see if it would work, 
and I cannot for the life of me to get back into Portal without the whole screen flashing like crazy and me not being able to see the image. So I've thought about reinstalling it and trying it again. Um, something that you guys may not know, there's a note that we overlooked the first couple of times we loaded it up, but you have to hit Alt-X to get into NVIDIA Reflex in order to adjust the settings so that it doesn't run in potato mode on your PC because you have to enable DLSS for some reason. It's doing something completely different than most games, the way that it's rendering and working. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it does look pretty cool. Yeah, it looks great. Um, some of the little nuances they did with, uh, with some of the textures, like on the buttons and stuff is great. Um, and then Witcher having RTX just, I mean, you think about that game's from, what, 2018, if I remember right? 2017, 2018? So, you're uh, you're taking a four- or five-year-old game and not quite making it look like, uh, to the quality of, like, Cyberpunk or Plague Tale, but... Um, man, that RTX goes a long way towards it, though. No, I think it just, it really brings new life to an older game. I mean, original Portal came out in like 07? Yeah. Maybe even before that? It's It's yep. been out a while. Yeah, 2007. Portal. The, um... um Speaking and of, the Witcher 3 just looks great with RTX. Yeah, I was super surprised at how much that breathed life into that game. When I was, I fired that up yesterday morning just to take a look at it. And that's another reason why I'm like, do I want to play Triangle Strategy or do I want to play The Witcher? I don't know. I kind of want to play The Witcher. So I uh, fired that up and... Runs about sixty on a sixty FPS with ray tracing and all the pretties on on with DLSS on quality. Uh, at four K, runs at ninety FPS at fourteen forty with DLSS on quality. So I kind of wanted the higher FPS on it, and I sit about five feet away from my display because I'm playing on a sixty five inch TV. So with me sitting that far back, um. I can't tell the difference in that game between 1440 and 4K, and I like the extra frame, so that's what I'm leaving it at. But it looks really good. Um, as soon as I fired it up and I'm looking at the detail and the textures, the detail and the lighting, the detail and reflections, um, I just, I was kind of blown away. I was like, fuck, this this feels like I'm playing a triple, well, I am playing a triple A game again. Because I play, I, mean, I play so many indies, and then I play something like that, and it's like, oh, that looks really good. Man, that looks good. I mean, the thing that got me was uh, uh, how much sharper um, and more varied the shadows got. Uh, and then you add to that the um, the additional detail on the water is actually pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, the uh, the thing that really you the first part you the first water you see is in the bathtub, right? 
and you look at that, even with him getting out of the water and you look at it later, it still looks really, really freaking good. Um, I was super impressed with the uh, with just the next-gen upgrade. It looks great. I don't think it's quite as good as something like Cyberpunk, right? But, like, it just takes Witcher to next level. And there's nothing... I mean, it's damn close. And I heard there's some extra quests now um, with The Witcher as well with the next-gen update. So. Really? Yeah. So there's a little bit of extra content, not a lot. Sweet. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I do want to mess with that a little bit later. Um, anything else that you've been playing? No, I really just concentrated on those two because it just wasn't feeling in the mood for um for life, but I'll get I'll get to high on life this week at some point and give it a go. Yeah, I haven't been really that disappointed with High on Life. I think so far it's been it's been good. I've just been focused on a couple of other things. Um the uh I really liked so High on Life is not something you should play around your kids. I'm just going to say that off your off the bat. The character creates screen. So first of all, you have to like Justin Rowland, right? So if you don't like him at all, you don't like any of the Rick and Morty stuff, you're not going to like the sense of humor. Um, Which I love. Right. So, so we're good if, there. If you have problems with him or his sense of humor, you're not going to like it. You're going to take it out of context. You're going to think that he's a horrible person. Like it lets you, quote unquote, kill a kid and then explain it away later. Um, when you first start the game and you're doing your character select, um, you are looking at your face in a Coke mirror and you're picking your avatar which then you don't think you ever see again, at least for as far as I am in the game. But you're picking your face in the uh, Coke mirror, and then the game starts. Just pretty pretty out there. So not kid-friendly at all. There's a lot of fucks thrown in for good measure. There's a lot of cursing in that game. So just be forewarned. It's a cartoony game that's got a lot of adult humor and some over-the-top violence sometimes. Like just That cool. doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So just be forewarned. It is something you need to play on in your room or with headphones at the very least. Um, some crazy things about that is, I think it's called Tammy T-Rex. There's a apparently four different movies that you can watch in that game while you're playing it. And I know that I think Rusty tried to watch one of them while he was playing it the other day. Um, but yeah, there's some like, total B and C tier movies that are just in the television that's in your house that's in the game um, for you to just watch that just running in the background, which is really bizarre. Um, it follows, it's basically like Rick and Morty and that it's an alien universe in the same way that stuff is in Rick and Morty. So gotcha. um, that's why I say it's very much in the same vein as something like Rick and Morty. It almost feels like Rick and Morty. Not just because the gun is voiced by John Rowland. Um, but I like it pretty well. Um, we also got quite a bit of time to play another game um, together, 
Um, we played a whole lot more Warhammer um, Darktide and made yes, we did decent amount of progress. I think we're actually almost caught up to mine and um, Rusty's game. Um, you're playing the uh, veteran sharpshooter, and then I'm playing the Ogren Skullbreaker. Um, so far it's been it's been extremely fun. It is just a lot of fun. I know there's it's... definitely some people that have some problems with it not being vermintide. I'm okay with it not being vermintide. Um, I don't know. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah, I'm totally fine with it not being Vermintide. I mean, Vermintide is what it is. You can't, uh, um, you can't expect it to be, um, perfect, especially after how many years it's been out. Yeah, Vermintide um, is like its own animal. Like, it's very much, it's just its thing. I like it. I like Vermintide quite a bit, but this has the melee combat. It's just there's a lot more focus on ranged combat in this game versus Vermintide. Um, there's characters that do better with one versus the other. You've got the character that does a lot better with range versus my character. My characters, the two that I played, the Ogren and the um, Priest, I keep wanting to call them Priest, Berserker essentially, both do better with melee. Um, the, uh, God, I'm just words, man. The psyker, words. the psyker and the veteran do a lot better with ranged. Um, they do yeah. a lot better with skillful range, right? Like you need to be able to hit weak points. So if you're a really good range combat person, then you'll do fine with those classes. If you'd rather do the melee, the other classes are a lot more melee focused. There are segments of the other two that are, do well with ranged, but they're primarily set in a way that's for melee. Um, there is also another game that I beat, though, since you you haven't played much of anything else, right? Before I just jump into this nope. one. Yeah, so speaking of other games, uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns, I also finished that. So... Midnight Suns was made by Firaxis. It was a Jake Solomon game, the same guy that did XCOM 1 and 2, the new versions of XCOM, which I love. Those are my top top 10 games of all time. Um, it borrows a little bit from those games. It's still a turn-based game, but it doesn't have a cover Overwatch system. I've kind of explained this in pre previous episodes, but what it does, the way the rhythm of that game goes is there's a story beat, right? Kind of a ham-fisted. Saturday morning cartoon version like X-Men back in the 90s type TV show kind of thing going on, right? And then there's the the fighting, right? And the fighting's all turn-based but based on a card system. So you set a deck of eight cards, which are skills and abilities and heroic abilities. Um, and you play those cards during battle. So, like, without giving you a tutorial on how to play it. Essentially, you play those cards, you combine your attacks together in a way that makes the... makes you eliminate or complete all the obstacles in the level that you're in. And that combat is some of the best turn-based combat I've ever played. It's amazing. Um, if I was ranking it on combat, it's like a 4.9. 
turn-based combat hands down is some of the best I've ever played. I love nice. I love the combat and it does not need a cover system. Um it doesn't have doesn't deal with hit percentages. You're just going to hit the percentage of hit you get is the percent of damage you're going to get. Are you going to crit or not, right? If you crit, then you get extra damage. If you don't crit, then you get the damage that's listed on the readout essentially of what's going to happen when you play this card. So it's more of like a chess game, right? Versus checkers, which could be XCOM sometimes. You'd have a good strategy with XCOM and still get wiped out by some bad percentages and bad RNG. There's no, the only RNG is dealing with the critical system, right? Um, so you're basically playing chess with cards with uh, Midnight Suns when you're in battle. And then what you do is after the mission, you go to a hangout with somebody to build your relationship with them, which unlocks a whole lot of story bits. I did not unlock any kind of relationship stuff like XCOM or XCOM, like Mass Effect, but it kind of has the same rhythm as Mass Effect, except that the timeline is different. So Mass Effect, you might spend anywhere from 15 minutes to a couple of hours before you got back to the ship, right? When you're doing a mission, etc. You're never really going to spend, except for the very last battle, more than about 30 minutes on a battle. And then you come back and you do about 15 minutes worth of relationship building with your characters and story building with the characters. Then you go and you do different activities to either strengthen cards or to enhance abilities or to enhance perks for your next battle. And then you go back to battling. So like two-thirds of the game is battle. The other third of the game is story beats and relationship building and running around the grounds outside of your abbey to find materials to craft other things or unlock other story bits. And so for the 70-ish hours that I played that, probably a good 40 to 50 was in the combat. And you can do as many random missions as you want until you get to the story mission. Then you just play the story mission whenever you're ready. Um, I really like Midnight Suns. I absolutely got my money's worth. Um, the story bits I did not dislike as some of the people in the community when I was reading through reviews. I don't know enough history about Marvel to understand if the stuff going on between Magic and Nico um, or Captain Marvel or any of those other characters is in canon or not. So I don't know if any of that stuff matters or how much it's intertwined. But I do know that it was interesting enough for me to keep me engaged and not fast click through a lot of the story beats. Nice. Um, which I like. The story's simple enough, right? Good versus evil with a little bit of twist mixed in here and there. And there's DLC that'll be coming out for it here in a couple months that involves, I think, Venom and a few other characters so you can play around with some other characters. And I may come back to it then. 100% like this game. They had some issues at launch with some of the graphical stuff. I think most of that's ironed out. Ran fantastic. Again, on a pretty beefy rig, but still, like, I had it capped at my display at 120 FPS almost the entire game. Um, running in 4K, running it on ultra mode, right? With with DLSS, without DLSS, it, the, the ray tracing, I think, is still broke. But, like, I ran, I clicked on ray tracing with ultra performance, and it was still running one frame a second, if that. The ray tracing Damn. is completely broken. I don't know how much it would enhance it at all. There's still some issues with some of the skin textures and the graphics. Like, it feels like it's over-compressed in places. But the gameplay... 
and the loop that's there is really good. It's a four and a half game for me, right? 4.5. It's a really, really good turn-based game. Um, And it caught my attention. That's the thing. I still haven't finished Horizon, and I still haven't finished God of War, right? I finished this, and I finished it like I just poop-socked the hell out of that game. I don't know of a lot of turn-based battlers that have caught my attention in a way that Midnight Suns has in a very long time, right? I quit playing Ogre Battle so I could play that. And then I finished it, and I wanted more, but I wanted to move on to other things. So I'll come back to it, but it's a good game. It's a really good game Um, if you like turn-based stuff. And you like card stuff. I think you have to like card stuff for that to make a difference to you or not. You would definitely have to like card stuff like Slay the Spire. Or... Yeah, because there's deck building there, right, to set your abilities up, and it's going to pop up. There's RNG about that part, right, That about what cards pop up, but like you're, if you're going to hit, you're going to hit. The only thing they can do is potentially deflect the shot or whatever, right? So, yep. Midnight Suns, super duper good sweet and then is there anything else that i have nothing i've beaten yet yeah that's uh i'm getting anything else you've been deep into no i mean i put 70 plus hours in 70.1 hours into midnight suns and then tactics ogre this is why i told you i was done 101 hours Damn. So that is essentially my November into December playtime. 176 hours inside of about four weeks worth of play. That's why it's two games. <laughs> and then Dark Tide, right? I've got 48.9 yeah. hours in Dark Tide already. So, yeah, that's a, it's a great game. Just quick updates as well. Vampire Survivors also has a... DLC that's under $2 that just came out, which I 100% bought because I was playing Vampire Survivors in between things for a while. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, pretty much all the game that I've played and beat and have reviews for, which I think is pretty significant. Because we've been talking about stuff this whole time, but I hadn't actually beat something because I've been chipping away at both of those games for so long, you know? Yeah. Just down to PlayStation stuff that I need to finish that's not PC. But yeah, you don't you don't have anything else that you got on the on the docket right now? Nope. Not game wise anyway. I gotcha. Yeah. And then I'll be fitting one I can of high on life in there between uh between work and all the holiday stuff. Yeah, I have three days of work left this month, and then it's all time off, basically. I have three weeks nice. three weeks in the bank of, of time off. So starting Thursday, I'm off work all the way through. I don't come back to work till Tuesday the 3rd. So Nice. 12 days off. I haven't had that long off in a very long time. Jesus, yeah. 
Well, I guess do we want to take a break? I mean, we we certainly can, though I do have one important question for you before we do. What's that? All this game you've been playing, have you actually tried out Wednesday yet? Wednesday? Yeah, watching Wednesday, Netflix. Oh, I've, Jason, I've watched 10 hours of TV and movies this entire year. So disappointing. This is why I have this many hours of game. <laughs> I saw it. So you bring that up, right? I saw this thing that was talking about how many hours a day that people do things, right? So here's how my day goes. Six hours of sleep. Eight to ten hours of work, sometimes 12, right? So that might put me at 20 hours. So on a really heavy day, um, I've got two hours of game time. On a really normal day, I've got between about four to six hours of game time on a work day if I have a really light day. And then on my weekends, I have about eight to ten hours a day worth of game time, depending on the day. Today is an exception. I've been and chores that I had to do. I had I have about an hour and a half of game time that I've had today. Um, saw an old friend, right? Saw my family doing the podcast. So today was like an hour and a half. Um, but on a typical day, um, a typical week, I can get full seven days. I can sometimes pull 60 hours of video game. And that's with me doing chores and photography and everything else. That, the unhealthy secret to this is I don't sleep that much because I can't. I can't turn my brain off. So Yeah. We all suffer from that on some level. Yeah. Some nights it's five hours. Sometimes it's seven hours, but it's somewhere between five and seven hours a night. I was trying to sleep in. I went to bed at 1 a.m. last night, and I woke up at 7. So, anywho, why don't we take a break? All right. Sounds good. I'll get some news together. We'll right. see you in a minute. All right. We'll be back. ourselves a decent little break i know this is a shorter episode for end of year but that's what it is like me and jason are going through stuff there's not a lot of new releases right everything's pretty much come out that's going to come out there's already been game awards i think what we need to look for and i believe it'll happen by the time you get this episode steam winter sale will be going on right catching up on stuff that maybe you didn't get a chance to pick up because it was too expensive um we're gearing up for game of the year, so we've got that. But it's the holiday season, and there's not a not a lot going on other than us just kicking back and chilling and playing some games together and eating some food and getting fat and having a good old month. So, you know, not a whole lot new that's going to happen out in the game world. I mean, we had the next-gen update for The Witcher and then got some titles ten tentatively coming out early next year, but I think January will probably be a slow month too, which is why we'll be doing game of the year then 
while other people are struggling to come up with things to talk about because they decided to do their game of the year with everybody else this month. So, I don't know. Jason, before before everything's even released this year, that's the one thing that's never made any sense to me. I know, and it's just like, I don't get why so many people like that fucking cat game. Um, I, I am pretty... Waifus. I'm not a... I can take or leave cats, right? Cats are strange creatures. They're not nearly as loyal as dogs, typically, right? Um, they're just cats to me. And the cat game didn't have anything inherently that challenging, or was it that long? And it was at a full, I think, at least 50 bucks. Maybe it's 45 bucks, but I don't know. I didn't want to spend 45 bucks for sub 10 hours a game, um, which I think it's like a 10 to 12 hour game. But Stray got a lot of attention and accolades at the game awards which i just did not understand it's a game about being a cat and i think rusty played it and then we forgot about it i think he beat it in a single day i mean (laughs) it's like it's it takes two or um any of those games that uh that a game reviewer can beat in a single like one or two sessions at the office playing it gets reviewed quickly and then liked because they got the accomplishment of getting something beat and then something that comes out like, I don't know, like we've been talking a lot about High on Life or at least our initial responses to it. And I made the comment about Justin Rowland's humor and like a Euro gamer like fucking just shat all over that game talking about how offensive and shitty that game was, how much they hated the humor and everything else. Um... Which I thought, that's really crazy. Like, they didn't really even get into, like, it's a middling shooter with a really shitty sense of humor, and I couldn't stand playing it, essentially, right? And then I think PC Gamer was also kind of the same on that game, and then there's people like me who have a pretty normal sense of humor. Actually, a pretty tough sense of humor, to be honest with you. It takes a lot to make me laugh, and I'm genuinely chuckling through most of that game, because I do like Rick and Morty. And, you know, I think I'm pretty lowbrow enough to really... In- like Justin Rowland's sense of humor. So for me, I could take that all day. I think it's pretty inventive and it's great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Will it make it a game of year? I don't know. It's way different than a lot of other stuff I've played. It's kind of like a really long episode of Rick and Morty. And if that sounds horrible to you, then probably don't play it. To me, it's pretty fucking original. And I like the talking gun aspect of it quite a bit. Um, and a lot of the fourth wall shit that happens in that game. I think it's pretty fun. So, um, I mean, some of the, so, some of our best times were some of the freaking talking and screaming guns in Borderlands too. So, I mean, it's another example of some of that stuff happening in other games, you know, but yeah, like it makes fun of Mario and part of one of the platforming sections, right? Does everything but say Mario. I think he'd say Mario. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the gun's always talking to you and, like, pushing your own buttons. I don't know. It's a it's a pretty fun game, though. Um, it could fall flat, but it's on Game Pass, right? So this is a free rental, or almost free rental. But that being said, we did have some news bits to kind of hop into. Jason, what did you have Wait. starting off? We did, and we're going to start with the absurd. Yeah. Um, as we all know, the Game Awards were week before last now. Um, and during the 
during the celebration that was Elden Ring winning game of the year, uh, as we all know by now, um, their celebration was overshadowed by some random teenager um, going up on stage with the team and dedicating the award to his reformed Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. Um, and the fact that the team just let it happen, I mean, that that shows their class that they just let security handle it afterward. But you you kind of hope the the ceremony runners would have, uh, even if it would made a scene, just stop that from happening. Um, either way, after the show, it did take social media any time for uh, for people just to truly drive home the absurdity of the situation. And um, they're just countless memes, right? Countless memes. Um, and this is an article that, uh, uh, that I found on the gamer, um, in a uh, video uploaded to, to a Twitter account last week, uh, Modder, or this week actually, Modder Aristame uh, showed a short clip of themselves running around the lands between as Bill Clinton. That doesn't surprise me. Like, l- literally modded him in there. He was running around the limb grave with a big wooden club in hand, like just, uh, just stomping stuff. Um, uh now that said ran into a fairly uh fairly beefier enemy and was quickly dispatched um in the video which is pretty hilarious um now for any of you who might go might go looking through uh uh nexus mods um it does not exist there yet so you yourself mm-hmm. cannot yet play as bill clinton Oh, I bet you it's coming. Um, special. I mean, this guy's a no modder on Nexus. He's got modders for, uh, he's got several mods, not just for Elden Ring, but, uh, uh, definitely, uh, uh, several other games as well. So we'll, you know, we'll see if that comes out. I think. Uh, if nothing else, just for the memes, it's hilarious. You know, run Bill Clinton up to a dragon and just stomp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, like I said, a little bit of absurdity for our week. Um, in a little less abs- absurd territory, uh, NVIDIA announced uh, today that... Come mid-February, they will be ending the game stream feature on its Shield TV products. Um, for those uh, those who don't have experience with it, game stream was a feature that allowed you to uh, stream your uh, games from your PC to your Shield TV. So similar to uh, similar to to stream. Uh, to Steam's own uh, 
streaming products. Um, current theory is that this is getting removed uh, to start to push focus towards GeForce Now, which is a paid streaming service uh, that has apps for for multiple uh, uh, TVs out there, as well as uh, you know, of course, being being able to run the app on connected run the app on a pc connected to your tv or whatever else um, yeah so the way that that geforce now works is you have to own a copy of the game and then it streams it from somewhere from a server somewhere there's only certain yeah. games that are on geforce now but it can yeah. help you if you have a subpar <laughs> graphics card run games that you wouldn't otherwise be able to run Yep, exactly. Now, unfortunately, this means that any games that you bought on the Shield service, you'll no longer be able to uh, to stream directly to your Shield TV. Um, but a great compromise and workaround would be to uh, install the Steam Link app on your Shield TV Um add those games to your Steam library as a non-Steam game and use Steam Link to stream it. Yeah, and honestly, like, that was some stuff that I did as well with my Steam, right? And also the fact that you can play Game Pass through your Steam Deck um, by accessing the mobile version. I say the mobile version. The version that's cl the cloud-based Game Pass, right? Like, it's there's a process yeah. outlined on Microsoft's website on how to do it. it. Took me all of five minutes, and I have access to Game Pass on Steam, and it just streams it. Which is, I mean, it's pretty freaking cool. Valuable, yeah. Heck, invaluable. And I mean, if the if the Steam Deck is anything, I mean, sure, it's a it's a gaming. It's basically a handheld gaming laptop that's better than most gaming laptops out there, um, especially because of screen size. Um, you can run most games, including modern games, as long as they've been Steam Deck approved, uh, which means that um, uh, Valve has it running through their their Windows emulation layer. Um, you get uh you can get great performance just by setting it setting the game to 720p and you don't notice any resolution loss on the screen that size not usually so um so it's pretty great it's pretty great stuff and the steam deck even better than that is the best streaming device for for steam remote play and steam link that I think there's been. Yeah, I mean, I, it handles it better than pretty much any laptop, mostly because, you know, Valve, of course, engineered the, um, the software and and uh, the firmware and everything else on the on the back end of that device to support it well. So, yeah, and it. Um, so I have a old Steam. Um, not Steam Deck, but Steam Link, and I pulled that out of the, off that TV and set it aside, and I just run through a USB C dock with uh, I have an HDMI 2.1 port on the dock that I got, 
So I run that on the TV for Steam Link in my bedroom. And also it is the place that I charge my Steam Deck. So it's a it's a great way to get gaming in your other rooms in your house without having to be linked directly to your PC. And do you get better performance out of it than you did your old Steam Link? Yeah. It's uh it's notably faster. Um, with everything, with connecting with uh, the whole interface and the process. And that's because I've got a, it's a mini PC, you know? Right. Well, I mean, and I'm sure your older Steam Link, you could probably take it apart and upgrade the processor in it and improve that performance. But well, it was a um, $50 you device. You have a Steam Deck. Yeah, it's a $50 device. Yeah. So there's some things that I want to play natively on the Steam Deck anyway, which I can play on the big screen, or because it'll pair with your Xbox controller or your PS5 controller. Um, but I wanted to have the, uh, I don't, it's it's just a better experience overall. Yep. Um. So moving from that to uh, to some new upcoming games, um, announced this within last week um playstation let everyone know that returnal will officially be coming to pc um with a full port that game Um, is not for everybody so let me tell you a little thing about returnal Um, me and trent typically like pretty difficult games me and trent both are not good at this game (laughs) uh Trent, who also, he plays games harder than I do, right? Like, he intentionally played all the Dead Space games on the, and would get to the very most, the hardest difficulty on them, right? It's a different kind of hard. Like, it's just all about, it's a bullet hell type game and a build type game, and it's very fast-paced. It's the only PS5 game I have that I'm considering trading in. So, if you like extremely difficult games, extremely difficult bullet hells, it might be for you. It looks really good. I can't get past, like, it just gets harder, and I have a hard time with the first boss. And if I do get past the first boss, by the time I get to the second boss, I just get destroyed. And I've got, like, 15, 20 hours in that game already. And I just don't have, I don't have it in me to continue playing that game. Um, Again, I'm somebody who likes typically a little bit more difficult games. It's too difficult for me. Yeah. Well, and... The other thing that may not make it completely accessible to everybody is the minimum and recommended requirements for the game. Uh, so currently, um, minimum requirements are are pretty standard, you know, that I would expect out of a next-gen game. Um, lowest card recommended is a GT, GTX 1060 or Radeon RX 580. Um, which is pretty standard. I mean, those are uh, 10-year-old cards at this point, right? Right. Um, And then you've got, uh, um, for for processors, uh, Intel i5-6400, which is is, uh, seven generations back now, and a Ryzen 5 1500X, which is same amount generations back but the the kicker here is 16 gigabytes of ram is a minimum requirement that's a lot no yeah that's the minimum but the recommended is 32 
Yeah. That's the big kicker. Recommended being 32. That tells you right there that this port may not be very well optimized. Um, which is, which is surprising, but I mean, there's the PlayStation 5 has 16 gigs of RAM. Right. So going to, Go into a PC, especially a higher-end PC that at least has an RTX 2070 um, and a uh, and an Intel or Ryzen chipset that's within within the four la- last four generations. There's no reason that should that that should uh, recommend 32 gigs of RAM. Um, if you look at Steam Hardware Survey. Um, less than 15% of users across Steam's population, uh, have 32 gigs of Ram. Right. Uh, the vast majority of users have 16. I just, I don't see, uh, I just don't see how that makes it makes any sense, especially with, um, yeah, the recommended graphics cards that they're listing all having at least eight gigabytes of video memory. It just it none of it makes sense to me. Um, so you know, keep that in mind uh, if you're looking at it. Just uh, uh, just know it may not be a great experience right away until they get get a few patches in. Just saying. So something else that's just kind of random and kind of weird um, is that there's a rumor going around that Xbox Game Pass could get an ad-supported tier. So you'd have to watch an ad before you launch a game. The tier would cost $3. So this is this is all rumor, right? The tier would cost $3, and the, it wouldn't include EA Access. It would include the games for... Games with gold, right? And it include the uh, service for online, um, but it wouldn't get first party games for six months. But it would be three dollars a month. So for thirty six dollars a year, you could have Game Pass, but it would be like the peasants' version, <laughs> right? But uh, it which could make I don't that, necessarily could, think is a bad thing. No, like, like what if you're in a spot, right? Let's just say when I was in college. And I was making no money, right? Or I'd work at a restaurant and make like $100 over a weekend. And that $100 would be my party money, right? Or gas money to come to town here. And then I'd have a $20 beer budget or whatever my friends would buy me that had made more money than me. That would have been really attractive. I wouldn't have paid the 15 I might not have paid the $15 a month. I don't know. What I would do is I would budget the beginning of the year with my disbursement. I'd give myself $200 for whatever game I wanted, right? Whether that be, at one point, it was World of Warcraft subscription towards the end of my college. But um, what I'm saying is, is like, that was my budget. It was $200 a game of game for per semester. What if I could spend $3 and basically get Game Pass with the six-month-old titles? I probably would do it. Because I would save quite a bit of money, right? I'd save a hundred and seventy odd dollars, or a hundred and sixty four dollars, right, with my game budget. And then I'd save more than that. I'd save 
double that because my game budget for the year was $400, right? So yep. that saved me a considerable amount of money. So like that could be a viable option for some people. Um, let's say that you're, you know, there's with inflation and everything else, right? There's plenty of people that are in a position where that makes sense. I don't like it very much, but they are saying it's $3. And at $3, I don't know that you have a right to bitch. Because I can't think of hardly anything for $3 besides gas station food. You can't even spend $3 on a hamburger at most fast food places. So Yeah, no. You're getting cheap, shitty, crappy-ass McDonald's hamburgers at that price. Right. I'm not in that tier anymore, right? I'm, I'm a 40-year-old adult with an adult job. So that's not for me today, but 20 years ago, that might have been me. That was me. That that would have been something that had been extremely attractive as a very much younger adult, um, but not today. But anyways, it's just an interesting thing to consider. It is. Um, and then coming, uh, uh, coming soon, uh, Games coming out next month. Oh yeah, I uh, look you've, that up. <laughs> you've got uh, on January nineteenth, uh, Colossal Cave comes out on everything. I don't even remember what that is. Um, basically, it's a uh, uh, dungeon crawler. Okay. Um, it's a it's a reimagining of Colossal Cave Adventure, the text based text based RPG. You know, if it hadn't come out so late in the year, Dwarf Fortress just released on Steam, and I know that. So I've never played original Dwarf Fortress, but it's a the uh, inspiration for RimWorld, right? And I know it's not RimWorld, but it's similar. I kind of have an itch for that, but I kind of have an itch to play RimWorld because I feel like it might be the superior game. But I know that there is a shitload of people playing Dwarf Fortress, and if you want to hear more, <laughs> I see Boston on it quite a bit from uh, TVGP. So I am only imagine that they're going to talk about Dwarf Fortress uh, because that's uh, that game has been in development, active development, for like 15 years. So... That would be who I listen to for Dwarf Fortress. I don't think it's there's it's so much game, Jason. Dwarf Fortress is a game that you could spend a thousand hours in if you if you get the bug from everything that I've seen about it, right? Because it's just every run is completely different. But it is definitely coming out, or it's definitely out right now. If you want something to really a weird colony sim to really sink your teeth in, that's a game. Nice. Um, also coming out next month for those who love everything Nintendo, uh, Fire Emblem Engage releases on January 20th, mm -hmm. um, and releasing with a DLC right away. Wow. Oh, Nintendo. Um, you also have Forspoken coming out on January 24th to the PC and PS5. You know, that's also got a demo out right now if you have the mid-tier level of, uh, of uh, Sony's uh, live service. There you go. Um, and then we're looking at 
And then from there, we're looking into February where we've got uh, Dead Island 2 coming out on February 3rd. Uh, you've got Wild Hearts coming to PC, PS5, and, and Xbox uh, on February 17th. Um, let's see here. If you're into city builders, sorry, it's a large let. There's a there is a game out right now that I might sink my teeth into called Ixion. That's a space city builder, so it's kind of like Space Rimworld, right? Or Space Frostpunk. That you may see me get into this month if I don't get distracted by something else. But it's. I'm waiting to see what Steam sales happen in the next week. Nice. Um, for those of you who like the Yakuza series, uh, Like a Dragon Ishin, uh coming to the PS5 and PS4 on January, on February 21st. Um, and then we've got... Um, Octopath Traveler 2 coming to PC, PS5, PS4, and Nintendo Switch on February 24th. Um, Found out I'm not a big fan of original Octopath Traveler, so we'll see how I if I jump into that or not. There you go. I think I'm more um, of a fan of Triangle Strategy, which I need to try to beat. Right. And then the last uh, Destiny 2 expansion, Lightfall, comes out February 28th. Uh, and then I think we've got one more. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, then we have the sci-fi, uh, third-person action adventure shooter, uh, Scars Above, uh, coming out the last day of February the 28th, uh, to everything. So that's the next couple months worth of games. Yeah, I think I'm a... I may spend a lot of January playing Witcher. That's kind of my game plan. If I'm not stuck with something else. There's a couple of games that I do want to go back to. I've thought about doing another Seven Days to Die playthrough. Uh, I'm kind of doing that, or I'm seriously oh. thinking about uh, after after High on Life, uh, playing Fallen Order again before Jedi Survivor comes out in February, or in March. The MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries um, had a DLC for Melee Combat that just came out that I got on the Steam, or the Steam, the Epic Sale for $7. So that might be another thing I play. And I know that in February, Darkest Dungeon 2 should be releasing. So I'm kind of eagerly waiting for that to finally release. Nice. Um, but there's, we're just in that time, right? It's the end of the year. We're winding down. We're in vacation mode. It's no offense to you guys. We like you guys. But, you know, we got we need to we need some time to regroup and rest and get into what season are we in? Season this will be season fourteen. Our next episode. This is yep. the last episode of season thirteen. We're in season thirteen. Yes, sir. Jesus. We're really in season thirteen, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we need to regroup. Yeah, this will this is the last episode episode two five thirty one. The very last episode of season thirteen of the Tiltcast. It has been a long time. We're getting old. We are. <laughs> I started and this with, in my twenties. <laughs> and 
And with that, guys, you can find us on TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash RealTiltCast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. We've got CabbageKBG. We've got NoQuarters.net. We've got BMFCast.com. For the love of gaming, picking up the pixels. And TVGP.TV. They play Dwarf Fortress, and with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace.